This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. We have an outstanding show planned for you today. This is our part two of the six steps to riff success. So last week we went through numbers one, two, and three, and today we're going to go through numbers four, five, and six. So if you have a riff account or you're going to convert your RSP to a riff then you're going to want to stay tuned today because I'm going to give you the six essential ingredients that you need to properly manage that account because it is a lot different than managing an RRSP account. And um, if you want to learn more, I've put together two uh, webinars that are coming up next, the following week, which is uh, Tuesday, November the 28th. That one's going to be specifically for RIFs and RIFs management. So if you are converting again and you want to talk a look at all the information with RIFs, including withdrawals, how to reduce the tax you pay, how, what kind of asset allocation today is the best for your RIF account, where you can get the best income, taking care of all the estate planning and successor annuitants and beneficiaries, uh, you know, taking care of the paperwork, all of those types of things. I'm going to discuss them in detail. And that's going to be at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, November the 28th. It's a webinar, so all you got to do is Put the coffee on, sit down, turn on your laptop, and uh, we'll be uh, going to it. The second one's going to be the very next day. And this one's going to focus on what you do in, in terms of looking at the market. What's happening at the year end in the first quarter, Canadian and U.S. stock ideas. Uh, we're going to talk about fixed income. Should I be buying bonds today? Should I be extending the term to five years or six years or seven years? Should I stay short at one year? Should I buy GICs instead? What about the value of small cap companies? They've been ignored for the last five years, and they're trading at all-time lows. Is there an opportunity there with small cap companies that pay you a dividend at the same time? So all of these things we're going to discuss with all kinds of ideas for you, and that's going to be the, the second one is going to be on Wednesday, November the 29th. So the next day, 10 o'clock again. So Tuesday and Wednesday, 28th. 29th, 10 a.m. will be finished by 11, 11, 15, depending on the questions. If you'd like to register, all you got to do, of course, is call Dominic, 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. And we'll have guidebooks, too. So once I'm finished, I'll have a copy of the slides and the guidebooks that I can send out to you as well. Okay, there's six steps to having a RIF account that, you know, when you look at the management of it and take care of the estate planning... It's very important of how this account is going to progress all the way through the rest of your life. And hopefully, you know, lots of people who have opened these have had them for, uh, you know, 30 years or so. So stay right there. I'm going to go through numbers four, five, and six of the six steps to RIF success. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. You know, setting up a riff is relatively simple on the surface, right? 
to simply go to uh, your bank or your financial institution who handles your RRSP, convert it to a RIF, and you're off to the races. No, that's not the way that it works. Creating a RIF account is the opposite of basically having an RRSP account. Because in an RRSP account, you're putting money into the account and you're growing it over time to get to a point once you get a RIF account, now you have to draw the income out. So you have to look at investments that give you a different kind of a, a mandate in terms of giving you the income first and then growth. And uh, we're going to tell you all about that because we have the six steps to RIF success. Now, last week we talked about the first three in uh, a little bit of detail, and that was consolidating your RSPs into a single plan for RIF so that you can uh, you know pay attention to it. And number two was what type of RIF do you want? What kinds of... Uh, investments do you want inside of there? And number three was take care of the paperwork once you sign up because it's essential in terms of, you know, taking care of the taxes later and especially estate planning. Okay, here's number four. Number four, once you get into the uh, RIF account, is that you want to decide on the cash flow that you want from the RIF. So what happens is once you set up the account, now you have to draw out money over the 12-month period. So you can choose to draw it out monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or annually. So you can choose any one of those in terms of how you want to draw that money out. A lot of people at this age, of course, are getting OAS and CPP. They might have a company pension, and they all come in uh, on a monthly basis. You, Most people elect to just add their RIF payment into this. So now you have four payments, easy to understand, easy to look at. But we have lots of clients that have certain expenditures that come out through the year. People have club memberships where they come out in June and December. We have people who go away and they want money for their their travels that they uh, you know take off maybe in March or maybe take off in October and they want money coming due at those periods to get to fund those types of things. So everybody's different. The the good thing is about a RIF account is even when you set it up, you can change it. Now, once you set up that type of uh, payment structure, say it's monthly, what you try to do is put together a portfolio of investments. You could have a combination of different stocks, mutual funds, ETFs. Try to get those that pay out on a regular basis and then pay out on a monthly basis because now I have all of these dividends and interest that are coming in and that's going to fund that payment that I have coming out. Now, in today's world, it's a great opportunity for all, for all of you out there that are buying these investments or starting to invest today or transitioning your account today because you're averaging 4 and 5 and 6% from bonds and dividends now. So you get the bulk of your payment without touching any of the principal. And that's the key thing, is putting together a plan like that. And if anybody would like to have a plan done, again, we offer our services. We could come out and um, get your information and put together a plan for you to uh, you know, achieve all of this. Okay, step number five is deciding on the RIF portfolio asset allocation. So what portion am I going to put into fixed? We're going to get a guaranteed rate of return. And then what portion am I going to put into variable? could be stocks or bonds or mutual funds, something tied to the market where I'm going to get some growth and get some dividends at the same time. What combination of that am I going to put together? Then I'm going to look at allocation in terms of how much should I have in Canadian equities compared to international equities, Canadian bonds compared to U.S. bonds, and package that all together. And it's essential that, again, you focus on income-bearing vehicles inside of that RIF so they can provide you with that payment that you want every month or every quarter but then give you opportunity for growth too because you want this to outpace inflation and last you for, you know, if you're re- retiring at age 70, you could live to 95. It's going to have to, it's going to last for 90, 25 years in terms of paying you out and hopefully 
maintaining the principal and then having some left over for your estate. So the asset allocation is critical, and it all comes down to, you know, what your goals and objectives are for this money and working with a financial advisor to put together the right package for you. So that's an essential ingredient in terms of where you're going to end up at the end of the day. But again, mirror the uh, the portfolio, the way you're going to set it up with investments that you know, pay a regular income out. And that's going to give you the, the best success. And finally, number six is uh, consider a tax reduction strategy. So um, when you're looking at your accounts, you have an open account that's fully taxable, whatever you invest in there. You have a tax-free savings account where there's no tax. And then you have this RIF account. So the key differences between managing the taxes is inside of the RIF account, there's no tax on what you make. You only pay tax on what you take out. The other key thing is that we have a treaty with the United States. And if you have a retirement account, there's no withholding tax on the dividends from the U.S. stocks. So if you have the U.S. stocks in your open account, you have to pay withholding tax. If you have them in your tax-free savings account, actually you have to pay withholding tax, even in a tax-free account. But in your RIF, you don't have to uh, pay withholding tax. So the RIF is the best place to hold U.S. stocks that pay you a dividend. So you hold those inside of there. The other part is because it grows tax-free, interest is the highest taxed out of interest, dividends, and capital gains. So you hold interest inside of the RIF mostly, and then you'd have capital gains, of course, outside of the RIF in the open account or dividends because there is a a tax credits for those. And in the capital gain situation, it's 50% taxable. So those are the tax structure of how you should manage those three accounts when you're putting together your final plan here and you're converting yourself to a RIF. Okay, so that's the six steps to RIF success. If you'd like to get a copy of that, all you got to do, of course, is call Dominique. She'll give you the, the package. And we have uh, another guide that came from RBC Dominion Securities called uh, Estate Planning for Your RIF Account. We'll send that out to you, too. So all you got to do is give her a call now or after the show at one 891 2637 That's one 891 2637 And like I said at the beginning of the show, we also have a couple of workshops coming up on the 28th and 29th that you can register for, too. Okay, so what's happening with the U.S. stocks? The market there has done very well this year, continues to do well, and it has some momentum. So now, say, for instance, you're retired and you're looking for dividends and trying to get involved with the market with the momentum that's happening. There's actually a fund out there that does both. Stay right there. Justin Elliott from Caldwell is going to join us and tell you all about that. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Justin Elliott. He's a portfolio manager with Caldwell Investments. Hey, good morning, Justin. Thanks for uh, joining us again today. Morning, Richard. Uh, Thanks for having me on. You know, it's uh, a great time, finally, for us. We've been speaking throughout the uh, year, and it's been always, you know, a negative situation. But now things are positive, and things are gaining momentum. And you guys, you know, incorporate momentum into a dividend fund. Explain how you do that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we think we have a fairly unique process uh, when it comes to investing in dividend stocks. And we incorporate a quantitative momentum model um, on top of our sort of quality fundamental analysis, which helps enhance the strategy in two ways. So it helps add alpha, uh, especially in up markets, but it also adds better capital protection on the downside uh, in weaker markets. And so to go back to the fundamental side, um, we never really stray from our principles. You know, we're looking for quality businesses that have healthy balance sheets, 
good growth prospects um, and strong management teams that have been different, uh, disciplined capital allocators. And so really what we're looking for there is companies that have the ability to not only grow the top line, but also grow their free cash flow streams over time, which should lead to growing shareholder returns in the form of you know dividend growth, but also capital appreciation. Um, where we use momentum is we layer in a quantitative model on top of that. And what we're looking to do basically is allocate our capital to uh, the opportunities that we think have the greatest probability to outperform in the near to medium term. And so what we're looking for is really companies where good things are happening or about to happen. um, And we're essentially using the market to validate that. Um, Where we kind of look at it a little bit differently is we're looking for some kind of company specific catalyst rather than macro drivers, uh, and and we're looking for those to be sustainable. So that's really our driver there. We're looking for the sustainable company-specific catalysts. A lot of the times in the market, you will see um, names or even whole sectors kind of moving at the same time on headline news, but we're really looking for something at the company that can help drive that. So, um, you know, that's tended to work very well for us on the Canadian side over time. And uh, we've kind of supplemented that over to our U.S. dividend model, um, and we found some success there. Yeah. So for the listeners, uh, you know, basically when you're looking at dividend stocks, you would say they're more value-oriented um, in, in nature when you're looking at dividend stocks. But on the other side, you know, you're finding stocks that have some momentum. So there's something that's happened within that company that's caused them to have, uh, you know, maybe a, a great earnings, a great return, you know, cash flow all of those types of things, and you just jump in there because you feel that um, everything else for the company is doing well, but now is the time to buy it too, right? Is that what you're basically saying? Exactly, yeah. And and I think for a lot of value names, you'll find, um, you know, it takes a long time for that stuff to play out. In the momentum model, um, the market validates it. You know it's working, and so that's our signal to really take a look at some of those names. Yeah, no, in today's market, that's, that's... the ideal place to be here. Now, when you're looking into the into the market now, how are you managing risks and protected capital here? Yeah, so that's a big part of the strategy too. Right. And when we look at dividend payers, um, over time they do tend to outperform. Uh, and when you add in those quality factors, like I discussed, you know, stronger balance sheets, um, strong management teams with good capital allocation. We see that in, in softer markets, those companies are, are more well protected, right? They're not having to go out and issue debt. Um, debt isn't an issue as far as eating up their cash flow. Um, you also just see that the dividend and free cash flow tends to remain, um, you know, flat growing, but uh, you usually don't have any cuts there. And so that that alone allows these companies to sort of outperform. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, I think the model, again, when it's, it's validating what's working in the market, and we're using that as a sort of signal to jump into or avoid some of these names. So you may have quality names that are going through a bit of a rough patch or are lacking some catalyst. Um, those are names that we are going to avoid for the time being. Not saying that we might not revisit in the future, but the model is telling us that, hey, these uh, you know catalysts aren't necessarily in play right now. They might have net negative catalysts working against them, and so that helps to uh, you know let us avoid some of those names and and kind of protect some downside there. Yeah, that's that's important. Um, now, uh, you know what's great about you guys? You talk about individual stocks. So let's talk about a couple of companies that fit your model right now. I know you sent us a couple. One's Bentley Systems. What do those guys do? 
Yeah, so they're a pure play infrastructure software provider. And we really like that story right now. We like that space. Um, a lot of infrastructure funding has been passed through around the globe um, to really, you know, shore up a lot of crumbling roads, bridges, um, add 5G towers, things like that. And so these guys provide leading software to a lot of the engineering and construction firms, but also asset owners that look to model their assets and see if a pipeline is leaking, for example. And so, um, you know, they've seen strong growth from that coming in. They are changing their revenue model to where they're basically uh, pricing more for their higher value software offerings. So that's been able to drive a lot of the top line growth and wallet share with uh, some of their larger customers. And then on the cash flow side, you know, they always are, are pretty lean on the expense management side. And so they've been able to kind of grow their uh, their EBITDA margins every year. And we see a clear line for that going forward. So definitely a lot of positives going on for that company right now. Yeah, that's a great idea. And your second one is um, TJX. Most listeners would know them, but tell us about that one. Yeah, so they actually reported uh, their earnings today. They are a retailer of home goods and apparel for the most part. And you would know them through their Marshalls or Winners uh, HomeSense brands. Um, but right now, we're seeing a lot of disruption in the U.S. retail industry. And some of the weaker players are, you know, going bankrupt. Um, they're consolidating their footprint. And that's allowed a lot of uh, market share to go to someone like a TJX. We think the setup is good in an environment like this where consumers have been squeezed and they're really looking to stretch their dollar a little bit further. And TJX uh, price points tend to be anywhere from, you know, 20 to 60% less than you would find at a department store. So we saw in earnings they are seeing growing uh, customer traffic despite kind of a, a softening consumer. Uh, and we think the growth outlook looks good there as, as more and more retailers kind of go bankrupt uh, and exit the market. So these guys also have a lot of uh, tailwinds going on for them too. Yeah, no, great idea. And you think it's, uh, you know, that's going to continue here for a bit, especially with higher interest rate, all these types of things that are happening that are slowing down the economy, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think consumers are focused on value. Yes. Um, you know, upcoming holiday season, you really want to make that dollar stretch. And so I think these guys are going to be a prime beneficiary of that. Yeah. Great ideas again, Justin. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. Uh, We'd love to have you come on and talk about these, your company and your individuals, these stocks that you have in there. Really gives us a a good flavor of uh, what you guys are doing there. Yeah, glad to be on. All right, you take care. All right, take care. Goodbye. Okay, that was our friend Justin Elliott. He's a portfolio manager with Caldwell Investment Management. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses may all be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored by Caldwell Investment Management. Okay, we only have a couple of minutes left here, folks. Uh, I'd like to offer you uh, an opportunity here with uh, getting yourself a projection. I think that's the key uh, ingredient you need to uh, set up your RIF account. So if you'd like to see a projection of your RIF at 5, 6, 7% and see the breakout of how it's going to pay you um, through the years. We can do that for you. All you got to do is call Dominique at one 891 2637 She'll tell you what you uh, need to know in terms of uh, putting together that plan. And what we'll do is we'll get your information and we'll send you out that projection for you. So all you got to do is give her a call. one 891 2637 Say, I'd like to have my RIF or my LIF, the projection done, and then showing the taxes and then showing what's going to be left over for your estate. So 
that's a, a great service. Just to give you an idea of a picture of where this riff is going to take you for the next uh, 10, 15, 20, 20, or 25 years. So if you'd like to do that. And remember, we have two workshops coming up on the uh, 28th and 29th. The 28th is all about riffs. So if you want to talk about your riff or your lift account, or you're converting your RSP to a riff, that one is on Tuesday. It's going to run from 10 till around 11.30. And then the very next day on the 29th, we're going to talk just about the market. You know, where should I be investing in Canada today? What kinds of stocks should I be buying? Where are the best dividend stocks? What should I be buying in the United States? What's the outlook for um, different types of uh, sectors of the United States? What's happening with Europe? What's happening with small caps? Everything to do with the stock market. So uh, all you got to do is call Dominique. They're free. Uh, the webinar, so all you got to do is uh, get your laptop out and your coffee, and you're going to be ready to go. one 891 2637 Okay, this is going to be our second-to-last show of the, of the year. So if you'd like to get more information from us, we have our website still. It's primetimemoney.ca. So primetimemoney is all one word, dot C-A. And you can get all the information that we've talked about here on the show. We're going to have a, a section there that has, it's called In the Money, and it talks about all the different um, funds and ETFs that we've had on the show, and they're all there. We're going to have all our podcasts, so all of our um, uh, interviews that we're going to be doing with all these portfolio managers will be in a separate section. And then all the workstations, so everything that you need to do for projecting and uh, looking at taxes, we have a workstation there as well. And then we're going to have another station where we have all the uh, seminars and workshops that we're going to be having for the rest of the year. So that's all going to be posted on Primetime Money. .ca. So next week is going to be our last week. So what we're going to do is we're going to forecast everything for next year. We're going to talk about what's happening at the end of this year and what's going to happen next year and look at what's happening with interest rates and the stock market in Canada, the United States. So hopefully give you a packed amount of information to keep you going there for a while. Yeah, and don't forget about our two workshops next week. Uh, actually, the 28th and the 29th, we're going to have workshops. One's going to be dedicated to RSPs and RIFs and LIFs and everything you should be thinking about in terms of setting those accounts up. And then the second day is going to be all about the stock markets and where you should be investing and the bond market, of course. So we'll, should you be investing in GICs or investing in bonds? Should you go short term? Should you go long term? What kinds of stocks should I be looking at in today's market, given the momentum that's happening overall? And of course, we're thinking about a Santa Claus rally and what stocks would best participate and what are the best opportunities for a Santa Claus rally. All kinds of information. You guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next week, 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino and you've been listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.